Blog Talk Radio. Live from Chicago and Las Vegas, you're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page One with LaVar and Mary on Blog Talk Radio. Friday night, and everything is all right. I was trying to be hip. Welcome to page one, everyone. You are tuned in. It is Friday, February 26th, the last Friday of the month. When next we meet, we'll be in the month of March. As I said, I am LeVar, and of course, I am always joined by my wonderful friend, Mary. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am, you know what, I think as of 5 p.m., because it's, you know, there's a lot of songs about 5 o'clock, you know, 5 o'clock world, 5 o'clock somewhere, Uh, especially on a Friday, it means so much more. And and I I think it's not that everybody, like, loathes work, but I think that once you get there, all the stresses of the week, you can just lay it down, relax for the weekend, hopefully, wherever you're at. And the good thing is is that here, especially in Chicago, uh, there has been no snow this week. It's starting to melt away. Uh, still a little <laughs> bit on the ground. That's the big part. That's the big part. No snow. Yeah. Uh, no though there are reports that there could be some snow showers tomorrow or sometime this weekend, but not as bad. Uh, and it's like you can see parts of the ground. <laughs> and you can see the grass a little bit. So hopefully it means that we are one step more closer to spring uh, than being stuck in winter. And I know a lot of people like winter. I know a lot of people like fall. I am more of one of those pro- People that like a hybrid of spring and summer when the weather is nice and it's nice in the evening as well, and, but when the temperature's just right, I don't like it too hot. And what's sad to me is that I've lived here in the Midwest for so long. There was, a, I think, a 19-degree day the other day, but it felt like it was 40 or 50 degrees. <laughs> but, hey. Now, I know you're about to tell me that out in your neck of the woods, you probably are in the 60s or somewhere climbing close to 70, right? Oh, yeah. It was very chilly today. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when we say chilly, just how chilly are we talking? Well, wait. Are we talking Illinois chilly or are we talking Nevada chilly? Because those are two different things. 
I was in short sleeves and jeans and perfectly fine. But I also still have the, I guess, Illinois temperature gauge. I don't know. I would. I don't know. So what would you say the temperature that. was out there that way today? Um, midday it was in the mid to high 60s, almost 70. To some of the people okay, that you know what I just heard? Blah 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 blah. Is that what your 60s is going to be? Blah blah blah. Us Midwesterns don't want to hear. Yeah, well, it's funnier to me be, being from the Midwest. I, I spent some formidable years in the Midwest, so I am very used to snow and cold, and this is what's supposed to be happening this time of year. When people are breaking out heavy coats and fur-lined jackets when it dips <laughs> below 60, I look at them like they've grown a third head because it's just funny to me. I'm just like, are you serious? It is not uh, that cold. Now, don't you, as a Midwestern, when you see that or somebody complains about that, you're just like, okay, it's like the blah, 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 like, oh, yeah, that's pretty, yeah, I got you. It's really cold. It's not. I don't know why, and this is the most amazing thing. Now, living out in the West Coast, you lived out there for how long now? Um, I am going on 15 years. 15 years. So would you say that after living out there for 15 years, you still have the – Midwest blood, or has it thinned a little bit to get used to a West Coaster? I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that I'm starting to head in that direction because I am still like, it's 60, so I'm putting on jeans. Back home, 60, I'd be in shorts. No. Like, there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit. But not as much as it could be. There are some people that it's just like, I'm like, it's 60. And they're like, I know, it's cold. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, it's no. not. <laughs> so I am not no. Midwest and I am not West Coast. I am somewhere in between. Where would that be? Because here's the thing. East Coasters. Depending upon where you live, Hawaii, and I know people in different parts of different areas, if you are above the southern route, you're used to this cold, just like Midwesters. But in the Midwest, there seems to be a more biting cold. And I know that if you go to maybe the Dakotas, could also be a little different. <laughs> when you get a west. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I did my steering gear in there. <laughs> but it's like it's like people in Texas, and theirs was a more serious thing because I know they're not used to that, and to see that drastic change, that that was horrible. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I was fearful yes, because was. that's just something that's not the norm. Up here, I think heat. You know, cold, just like out there. I would at least think that some forms of where you're at, and I would, I don't know why, but I would think in Nevada or Nevada, for those of you who want to be fancy, uh, that it's not going to be wintry cold. But 
you're not going to see extreme. You're going to see like some cold at some point, but it's not going to be a bad cold. I was like, what's going to happen? Would it has it ever gotten down to like twenties there? Yes, at one point, but that's been oh, years. <laughs> there's areas, there's areas up north, like around the Reno, Kirsten City um, area, that do get snow and regularly snow. So it is, uh, it's more comparable. Not saying it's the same, but more comparable to the Illinois kind of um, four seasons of. Uh, winter, almost winter, still winter, and construction. Um. <laughs> but then again, there's the same. It's the same kind of it, the, on the flip side. I'm starting to get used to the higher temps, so um, and the lower humidity. So you put me in the Midwest, and if they were at 110 for more than a couple of days, y'all would lose your minds. You know, I had to make fun of her because being here in Chicago, I was like, we get like all extremes, I think. <laughs> in the winter, mm-hmm. we get extreme snow and cold, polar vortex, and then in the spring, we get like just rain out the wazoo. Summertime, sometimes we will get, depending upon where you're at, extreme hot. And in the fall, it is probably windy enough to probably blow you into the air. But, um,. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I would. Uh, I think <laughs> you, you talk to anybody in the Midwest, they're gonna be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." You you're really suffering with your 60s out there, <laughs> especially know, right? after the winter. I think we've had, but uh, yeah, no matter yeah, where no, all of you. I don't are like at, talking about weather. <laughs> it's like politics. <laughs> it's like weather and politics. I think you'd rather talk politics than to probably talk weather. <laughs> Right now, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I get it because, it, it, like I said, I, I jokingly uh, tell everybody, no, I don't want to hear about your seventy degrees right now, especially when I'm like <laughs> suffering over here in my thirty degree weather and my twenty six inches of snow on the ground. But uh, you get where you live, and pretty much it's going to happen. So, um, this is kind of one of those um, weekends where it's the end of the month. It's come quickly. And uh, like I said, we're going into March. Uh, Tonight's commentary, we'll talk about something that's happening in the first week of March. Oh, and while I'm at it, before I forget, I feel like I need to have like, uh, like little clips of paper today is National Pistachio Day. Do you like pistachio? Yes, as long as I don't have to I don't have to shuck them or shell them or whatever people call it nowadays. Uh it is also National Skip the Straw Day. And by the way, pistachios, my my mom likes them. I'll buy them for her. I don't really eat them cuz I don't like the whole thing with my fingers turning green. Um it is also National Tell a Fairy Tale Day. Tomorrow is Kahlua Day. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, it is also Strawberry Day, Polar Bear Day, 
Uh, it is Retro Day, and I know I'm going to get this wrong, so please correct me, uh, but it is also, uh, and I, I should have practiced this probably before I come on the air, but that's why uh, you have dear friends that have better diction than you. Uh, it is uh, Anna, Anasmia, A-N-O-S-M-I-A. That sound right? Uh, I yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm trying to think what I that is. I'm shrugging right now. So I'm, I'm, no, actually, I've got that thought bubble above my brain. I'm. I think so. <laughs> but it is actually uh, an awareness of the loss of smell. So that day is tomorrow, and it's kind of interesting. And then on Sunday, it is uh, Floral Design Day, Tooth Fairy Day. Uh, I actually saw an article the other day that average cost of the Tooth Fairy, or the average uh, uh, Tooth Fairy rate was $4.52 or something. <laughs> um, Rare Disease Day, USA, yeah, Chocolate Souffle Day. And public sleeping day. Woohoo! Um, it is not what you think. Well, it could be what you think if you had a clean mind. But uh, uh, public sleeping day it expresses us to, or it pretty much uh, is telling us uh, to take a nap where we can. Are you a person that can just nap anywhere? If I'm tired enough, yes. Or it's boring. So, like, planes, trains, automobiles, absolutely. (laughs) I used on my commute home, sometimes I could nod off on the bus, which is amazing. Um, Because if it's nice and warm and back before pre-COVID, when everybody was, like, all sitting together and pretty much in the same kind of, like, row, I could fall asleep. But, Yeah. Those days, chocolate souffle. I don't think I've ever had a chocolate souffle. I, oh, you're missing out. I've lived a sheltered life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think my experiences with all of that was, uh, if it's not chocolate cake, it's pretty much yeah. Um, but a <laughs> lot to talk about on the show tonight. Um, one of the topics that was probably one of the most talked about here over the last few days. And it involves a California mother who says her children's school expelled them after she began posting on the adult website OnlyFans. Here's the thing. Well, I know it's it has adult content, but some of it is not really meant for adult. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Crystal Jackson said she started taking intimate photos of herself in lingerie after she hit menopause to spice up her marriage with her husband, Chris. She says she makes about $150,000 a month from the photos she posts on the site. Her husband is the photographer. She, uh, she told Inside Edition in an interview, and quote, we sell it as like, hey, it's the average mom next door living out her fantasies. But when word of her side hustle started making the rounds at her son's Catholic school, it ultimately led to the expulsion of her boys who were just 8, 10, and 12. Uh, The school 
wrote her saying, your apparent quest for high-profile controversy in support of your adult website is in direct conflict with what we hope to impart to our students. We therefore require that you find another school for your children and have no further association with ours. And she says that this is a marriage thing that we're doing together and we're not doing anything wrong. So, the question to you tonight, uh, I know probably part of the question that you're going to answer is going to probably be part way, well, you know, is the school in the wrong for expelling the kids based off of something mom did? I would say, yeah, they're in the wrong. Um, I get why, because it's a Catholic school, so they have a kind of different, I don't want to say level, but level is the only word I'm coming up with. They have a different kind of um, standard for their students and the people that are associated with the school. But I don't, that's a very slippery slope to be standing on. Um, uh, If you're going to be using family members to judge a person on their academia and how they're going to hold themselves out as representatives of your school, it's tantamount to like, I don't want to go as extreme as my brain is trying to take me, but it's, it's, it's very, it's very close to doing something that I don't think the school really wants to do. Um, They want to, they want to be putting out the best students. They want to be showing everything else, but they're missing a great opportunity to be like, see, if this is against your, you know, mom's doing something that's really against our code of ethics, but we here are their kids and they're living our code of ethics or they're living our um, ideals, our mission, our vision of a student. They could have done that. They could have easily spun that and kept the students in and not had to deal with any of the fallout. I do. This is one of the rare times where I'm going to say the school is really at fault. Um, they're taking it a bit far. I think I will go one step further. If it was a parent at your child's school and a bunch of parents mm-hmm. came to you, like these parents all kind of banded together, because pretty much um, it was uh, a group of moms, she said, last summer found her site. And, I, and you can see I'm making the air quotes, found her site. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that probably happened. Some dad probably found out about it. Probably the mom found out about it. Probably the right. husband. Probably the husband yeah. probably was like, they're like, hey, you're looking real happy these days. And he's like, yeah, my wife's making a ton of bank, <laughs> and all, I get to take naughty pictures of her and put her up on the internet. Like he probably right. was totally like selling it. Right. It, it says that last summer a group of moms found out the site and started a campaign to get her three kids kicked out. Uh, at one point, the group sent anonymous envelopes, including her explicit content, to the uh, diocese and school principal. Uh, and she said, "So even better, to... the school is supporting a bully." Yeah, and it says that she's going to continue to post on her OnlyFans, and the family is applying to send their kids to another Catholic school, but worries that they may be blackballed from the diocese and, uh, out there in Sacramento. But here's the thing: if it, and I'm going to ask you, if, if it happened at your child's school and a group of parents came up to you and they were upset about it and were looking to go to the principal and voice their frustrations, would you join that group or would you tell them, hey, none no. of my business, don't really yep. care? Yep. 
I, I'll even go a step further. Like I'll go, I'll go three steps further. Like there's, it's none of my business if somebody else posts on posted on OnlyFans if that's their source of income. Now, if their child is also posting or pushing their friends to post, or that's where I'm going to go, or is dressing in that kind of provocative way, then yeah, I'd be like, you know, hey, kiddo, probably not the best friend to have right now. Just saying. But it's none of my business how they make their money, just like they have no say on how I make my money. I don't want any parents to come up to me and say, hey, you're, I'm going to pick a, I'm going to, okay, you're a fireman. And we don't think firemen should be in the school. You don't represent our ideals, so your kids are going to get kicked out. Well, that's dumb. That's what this is. You know, I was in a fireman's calendar as a fireman. I'm not a fireman, nor was I in a fireman's calendar. I'm sorry, everybody out there. Stop looking. Um, no. <laughs> but, yeah, like if, a fi- like if a fireman, would they do that to a dad that was in a fireman's calendar? With his shirt off and his hose out, like, come on! Um, you like how you, I slipped that in there? Fire hose. <laughs> I slipped that one in there, didn't I? But uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, would you do that to a fireman for that? No. So why are they? It, it, why is this a? Why is this an issue? So the the archdiocese is trying to to find a, a middle ground for it, which I understand, but it basically backed a bunch of bullying women who cannot keep their, their, their business in their own business. They don't like it. Their husbands are looking at it, and they don't like it. I don't care. That's, that's on a personal level. Why are you taking it out on the kids? I just right. keep it at the adult level. That's where I'm, not, where I'm not liking it. It's keep it at the adult level. Leave the right. kids out of it. That's, that, that's their education. Let them get the education. Keep that out of it. You should be able to separate that. As an adult, you should be able to separate that. And if you can't, you're not an adult. That's where I'm at. The third step beyond that is if my kid decided to open up an OnlyFans site, not that I would be out there screaming at the rooftop, going, I wouldn't be doing that either. And I can't say that I'd be saying I'd be proud of her, but I would support her because she's my daughter. And if that if she ended up being successful at it, I would definitely be. You're successful at it. I I get to bite my tongue. Again, that's a that's a decision as an adult. You need to like people need. I don't know when we all stopped being adults. That's that's where I'm at. Actually, I, I owe you this first before I get my answer. That was for fire joke, um, but. <laughs> But I, I agree. You know, the thing is, is that the kids should not be punished for this. And, and here's, and I know they're going to say typical guy answer, but here's the thing. If this is, and I am to assume, uh, probably a school where, you know, most of the kids are within that age bracket and they're not in high school yet. If you are afraid, quote, uh, I'm trying to figure out what you're afraid of because, first of all, I don't know how your kids or the people in that age group is going to get access to an OnlyFans to see this stuff. <laughs> right. Um, because they not only have to 
get to the site, but they'd have to pay to get to see the pictures. So I'm not really getting what you're afraid of them actually seeing. And if that's the case, you maybe need to be watching your kids a little bit more in regards to their online activities. With that being said, you know, if it starts there, you know, what what, what if it was like a uh, sister or a distant cousin that was doing it and they were related to them? Are you going to kick them out for that too? You know, the thing is, is that we tend to get too deeply involved into things like this. And like I said, I don't understand. I get it. It's that fine, slippery slope because it is, uh, you know, the Catholic school system and they have a higher standard of things. I get it. But on this one, I think they kind of overstepped their bounds on that. And I'm not sure uh, that it sends a good message in regards to tolerance and things because it makes the like you said it makes the parents look like bullies it was a group of them who even had who had the gall to anonymously and not sign their name off on anything send pictures to people say hey look at this look at this is it that bad that you can't you know uh show your face and say you have an issue with it and it me it looks cowardly and with the school backing that too, and no one couldn't come to some type of like um, some type of come together and talk about it, uh, and each side having their opinions instead, they just flat out, nope, can't, not going to deal with it. You guys are gone. And like you said, you hope they're not blackballed because if someone wants to do a private education, you would hope that they would be able to do that. And now that this is out in the media, it's going to be very hard for her to do that. Um, but it's going to be interesting. We'll see where it goes. But that, I think what's more impressive is that as a person who doesn't uh, have a household name and is not like an adult star or a celebrity, 150000 is pretty impressive, by the way. But, yeah. Yeah, good honor. Bravo. And I'm glad <laughs> that it's spiced up their marriage. But, yeah. Um, we're almost towards the halfway point. I'm going to do a little bit of on-the-fly editing, and I'm going to leave our second story until after the uh, half hour here. Because um, we also have a commentary. we got our retro moments ahead. Um, so I'm actually going to skip ahead, and I guess I'll do it early because I, I didn't plan on doing it because I looked at the time here. But I'm going to take a look here at what's uh, trending online tonight. And actually, if you go online, uh, SmackDown, uh, off here, that is actually trending. Love After Lockup, uh, new episode trending. The CPAP, not CPAP, <laughs> uh, is trending. Uh, as conservative activists and politicians have gathered in Florida for the annual Conservative Political Action Conference. Uh, Jerry is trending as viewers share their thoughts on Tom and Jerry the movie as the iconic duo return to the screens for the first time since 1992. Um, wow. You a Tom and Jerry fan? Yes, absolutely. But I was more <laughs> of a Tom fan than a Jerry fan. 
I felt sorry for the guy. Uh, the hashtag boycott Wendy's is trending. Fans rally. This is so silly. Fans rally to boycott Wendy's after the fast food chain jokingly asked if they should ban Minecraft streamer George Not Found. Ago, they put up. Should I ban George again? Yay or nah? Uh, Three hundred ninety-five thousand total votes. Uh, there's eighteen hours left on this. I'm going to ask you because I'm actually going to vote on this live as we're uh, talking. So should I? Should they ban George again? No, no. Nah? I like George. Okay. No. But I'll tell you, I just voted nah. But seventy-one percent says yay. Twenty-nine percent said nah. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's not looking good for George. And uh, Jim Belushi. Yeah, Jim Belushi's trending also. Uh, Jim Belushi, who, of course, owns a cannabis farm in Oregon, shared a photo of one of his plants online. And uh, he says, Tell your friends Jim Belushi has the gas. (laughs) So, (laughs) that is trending. Um, And. Uh, pretty much that's the worthwhile of everything that's trending. Uh, one other thing that's trending, which is an interesting thing, uh, Jeremy Lin, uh, the NBA veteran, uh, is trending uh, not for good reasons. Uh, the G League is investigating a claim made by him that uh, he has – been um, called particular names while out on the court. Um, I'm not going to repeat what it is. I mean, uh, they're investigating statements, and it's all over the place, and I I guess I will. Uh, And I am not saying it myself. I am repeating what is said, so we'll put that out there. But the NBA G League is investigating Jeremy Lin's statements that he's been called, quote, coronavirus during games. And uh, he put out a long uh, Instagram post today about uh, how something is changing in this generation for Asian Americans. And, of course, if you've seen recent uh, stories out there, the scary thing, which I was like, this is insane of seeing elderly Asian uh, Americans attacked from behind, from cowards. I'm not going to say from people, from cowards. And it's happening more often, and it's – this world, I I tell you, um, you know, he put out a very – this evening, and – it's a must-read if you go to his page. I do hope that, you know, uh, if that's true, it's disgusting, and there's no place for that, nowhere. Um, but, yeah, I just it's sad. And we shouldn't even have to be talking about something like that, even in times like this. Um, that wasn't the commentary tonight. Um, the commentary that is tonight uh, pretty much uh, the first week of March. 
is National Newspapers and Education Week. It was designed to – oh, by the way, before I even continue, do you, do you have anything to add on to what I was just talking about? No, no. You said everything that I wanted to say, which was they're yeah, they're not people. They're cowards. They're, it's yeah. disgusting. There's it's just there's a lot of yeah. I don't want it. We it could be beaten to death about how bad it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as I was saying, the first week of March is National Newspapers and Education Week. It was designed to inspire educators to incorporate newspapers in the classroom. And it made me sad to see the current state of the newspaper. You know, back in the early 30s, it was radio that kind of wounded newspapers a little bit. And then by the 50s, television kind of bumped it to something pretty much father read to the evening while he relaxed. And by the time of the expansion of news in the 60s and 70s, it pretty much clung to being an afterthought. And here we are today. Some major newspapers find, you know, they pretty much find themselves clinging to life. Uh, now in online form to keep up with the times, newspapers have throughout my life, and I'm pretty sure for other people, have bought us some of our great writers and countless early comic strip memories. As a child, a newspaper was my daily treat, and believe me, I was disappointed if Dad couldn't get it one that day. I mean, I would literally tell you, <laughs> it was like hurt if he could not get to the store. <laughs> my mom can attest to that. <laughs> and... You know, it's almost certain that the current teenager isn't aware of it, nor has never touched one, opting instead for the comfort of their phone. And I hope that there is some renewed interest in that at some point for now, newspapers hopefully make a comeback. But I fear that like magazines and books, it may go the way of the dodo. Somewhere, I'm pretty sure Dear Abby is wondering what advice she can give to get teens to pick up her writings, and Dick Tracy and Charlie Brown are vying for you to hear about their adventures, you know, you'll find many interesting features and stories there. And I hope that we don't see a day when the story will be more about the death of great newspapers. But if you have a chance to pick up your local one or support your local one, definitely go out, read one once in a while. You'll be glad you did. Up next, tonight's retro moments. Uh, But first... Of course, as always, you're listening to page one. We'll be back. I would highlight you as to what's ahead, but definitely um, you'll see us on the other side. <laughs> Enjoy these two retro moments. I, you will probably uh, gasp at one, and any other one you'll remember. But have fun. We'll be back in a moment. It's the season for bright, tempting dishes, for foods that radiate good cheer. It's the season for Kraft Salad Mustard. Foods fairly sparkle with appetite appeal when you add the tangy flavor of golden, creamy smooth Kraft Salad Mustard. This mustard, with the just right spicing, peps up sausage and cold cuts, blends smoothly into keen-tasting cream sauces for vegetables, adds delicious flavor to golden eggs. Ask for this light golden, creamy smooth salad mustard made by Kraft. Or try that other favorite, Kraft Mustard with horseradish added. Buy these two delicious mustards, salad mustard and horseradish mustard, both prepared by Kraft. Mr. Clean gets rid of dirt and grime and grease in just a minute. Mr. Clean will clean your whole house and everything that's in it. Floors, doors, walls. 
those halls, white sidewalls, tires, and old golf balls. Think those bathtubs he'll do, he'll even help clean laundry too. Mr. Clean gets rid of dirt and grime and grease in just a minute. Mr. Clean will clean your whole house and everything that's in it. Can he clean a kitchen sink? Quicker than a wink. Can he clean a window sash? Faster than a flash. Can he clean a dirty mirror? He'll make it bright and clearer. Can he clean a diamond ring? Mr. Clean cleans anything. Mr. Clean gets rid of dirt and diamond grease in just a minute. Mr. Clean will clean your whole house and everything that's in it. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Listening to Page One with Lavar and Mary on Block Talk Radio, your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's Lavar and Mary. Page one, Var along with Mary. Did you? Uh, I don't even know. Do they make Stallard mustard anymore? <laughs> I I don't. It didn't don't even sound appealing. So. No, no, it didn't. But I was over here rocking out to Mister Clean. <laughs> you don't make commercials like that anymore, and I, and I did not I know, know that. Oh, I miss jingles. I didn't know that Mister Clean clean a ring. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Clean can clean a lot. I mean, hello, Mr. Clean was quite sexy a couple of years ago. <laughs> of course, we always love the retro commercials here. I, they don't. That's sad. We're going to sound like I know I'm going to sound like an old man, but I was like, yeah, the jingles were, you know, the musical jingles because you you start you hear it and then you sing it. Yeah. Well, you're you in the store, you're going to remember that. Store. Yeah, you're in the store, you look at something, and the jingle goes through your head. Like, there's not a lot of that going on anymore. Nope. It's like they try too hard to be funny or try too hard to be serious or whatever, and it's just, nah. Because I don't really remember any, like, commercials nowadays. Like, you you knew specific commercials. You know, you know now the Geico ones, um, but... Yeah, it, it's not. It's I don't know. I think it's missing a jingle. So we'll see. Um, I was thinking of this next story over the last couple of days. My mind has changed on it a little bit. I understand why, but there's a lot of controversy out. And Hasbro. The company that makes the potato-shaped plastic toy, Mr. Potato Head, state that he will no longer be a mister. They are giving the spud a gender-neutral new name, Potato Head. The change will appear on boxes this year. Now, toy makers have been updating their classic brands to appeal to kids today. Barbie had shed its blonde image and now comes in multiple skin tones and body shapes. Thomas the Tank Engine added more girl characters. An American girl is now selling a boy doll. Hasbro said that Mr. Potato Head, which has been around for about 70 years, needed a modern makeover. Kimberly Boyd, a Hasbro executive who works on the Potato Head brand, told Fast Company that kids love the toy because it provides a canvas 
onto which they can project their own experiences. The sweet uh, spot for the toy is two to three years old. Kids like dressing up the toy and playing out scenarios from their life. This often takes the form of creating little potato families because they're learning what it means to be in a family. The potato heads played into this tendency to create families over the decade, and in 2012, the toy giant celebrated Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head's 60th wedding anniversary with a box set featuring the couple, which I actually have. Uh, today, the company wants to stop leaning so heavily into this traditional family structure. Culture has evolved. Kids want to be able to represent their own experiences. The way the brand currently exists with the Mr. and Mrs. is limiting when it comes to both gender identity and family structure. <laughs> I get it. I, 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 I get it from that end, but I don't know how it limits. And, and like I said, I'm learning. If anybody out there knows of the best way to maybe change my mind on this, and, and like I said, this is the great thing about this world, is that we can open our eyes and we can take in things that will uh, include and not exclude. But I'm a little bit more confused because I don't know how it limits a family structure when you have a Mr. Potato Head and you have a Mrs. Potato Head. And I don't know at what point it will make everybody happy that that's just how it is. <laughs> I mean, help me out the, here because I'm, I'm trying to figure like, out. The, the way you ended that was so funny to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to figure I out pretty much at this what needs I to be changed. So much. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with um, for me, and I'm going to keep this very specific to me. Um, to me, my Mr. Potato Head had, um, I took everything off of Mr. Potato Head and filled every peg with eyeballs except for the, where the lips go. And sometimes not even where the lips went. Sometimes I put the lips on the side. And I would put a kissy face on that one, like the Mrs. Potato Head mouth, you know, like the, the angry eyes. Um, I thought it was amazing, and my parents thought I was coming up with monsters. But, you know, I had a thing for eyes. I still do. Um, a, a friend of mine, when hearing about this article, stated, Mr. Potato Head was the first transgender, transgender toy out there. Why are you going to mess it up? Um, you could take all of the Mr. Potato Head parts and put it on Mrs. Potato Head and vice versa and change out the gender, genders at any point in time. So there's no reason to rebrand Mr. or Mrs. Potato Head. Um, I am very old school. I kind of agree. Like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it wouldn't hurt to have um, more of both sets of parts that they have. Well, I don't even know that they have really gendered parts other than, like, the mustache. Like, I'm trying to think of what the gendered Mrs. parts Potato Head has But, like, the, the mustache and maybe, like... I'm looking now at a Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. The only difference is he has the eyebrows. She has a hat, and the noses are different. 
Okay, um, so put all of that into one box, and you say Mr. or Mrs. Potato Head. Mm-hmm. I just, by calling it Potato Head, I think you're just making it, it's like Cuphead. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to be right. Um, although I saw on Instagram that the, um, um, some of the community, some of the LGBTQ plus ally community um, were like applauding it. And I just didn't understand why. I, was, I, I don't, I don't see the point. It's been around for so long. I don't think that it's going out there and negatively impacting anything. To change right. it just because it's, I think that's where it's at. Like, I think changes should happen to things that are negatively impacting. Like American Girl. They're, mm-hmm. they're putting out boy dolls. Great. Are they called American Girl Boy dolls? Nope. Because this American Girl is the brand. So is it an American Boy doll? Like, do you see where I'm going with this? Like, it doesn't really necessarily flow. Um, again, I'm against... I'm not against, let's back that up. I am all for changing something that negatively impacts something. I am totally against change for change's sake, just to be part of the change. Um, and in this case, I think that I don't know that it negatively impacted anybody, especially if it's between two and four-year-olds that you're targeting. It's a, it's a manual disparity thing. It could be a, fr- it used to actually be a potato. Like, is that against, the, is that something against Irish heritage now? <laughs> Are the like Irish said, people we're not... going to get up in arms by being called a potato hut now? That, yeah. that, and like I know? said, we're probably the most uh, forward-thinking people here, but I think we're more confused. Oh, no, comes... I, I am such so much an ally to when it yeah. comes down to it. I want to have that available. And having both sets of parts, like having all the parts in one box. Yeah, and that's that, like I was that would be conf- awesome. And I was a little confused as to why change the name to just one thing when some people do go for Mr. Potato Head or Miss Potato Head. And even then... Leave it up to the child. I mean, if you put, if they want to put the hat and put the uh, pink nose and or the red nose, and if they want to put, because uh, the eyes are the same, the eyes are pretty much the same. The mouth is a little different because Mr. Potato Head's mouth is a little smaller. But if you want to put the boulder boulder hat uh, and a pink nose, then by all means, you know, I, I don't. I guess someone would yeah, have to. Yeah, you want to put a mustache on with the eyelashes? Is this head? If she needs a little electrolysis, fine. But hey, I, I'm all for it. I just didn't know why the name change and to change the product. Because even if you sell both, because I think that now you're not going to sell both. You're just going to be selling one. Because I would have been game by still buying both and just mixing it up. And that was the fun of it all. Um Mm-hmm. I don't know, and maybe somebody could tell me. Like I said, I'm open to finding out if there was, like, a long-standing issue with it because I don't know the history behind, you know, the push to get it just changed to Potato Head. And like I said, if it is something in which, um, you know, uh, people are happy with uh, because of that, great. Great. I was just more surprised at just, like, the abrupt, like, changing of it and, I didn't really hear about any issues involving it, but uh, right. I guess and that's what I'm saying. Change for just change's sake is not worth it. 
Mm-hmm. I, I at least I don't think so. But but if if it, that makes them happy, then fine. But there's where where's the line on it? Because seriously, if the Irish community really wanted to throw up a stink, they're not gonna. But if they really wanted to, they could be like, oh, potato head, are you putting me down now? And then what are you gonna call it? Nondescript brown round thing that you could put eyes and ears on. No, you can't call it brown. Rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> Oh, that's right. You can't call it that. Nondescript plastic toy with yeah. face parts. That just rolls right off the tongue. That's kind of like those video games. Kind of like the video game where it's called uh, "Hit with Round Stick with Webbing." <laughs> yeah. Which is tennis. We all know it's tennis. Oh, lovely. Um, I feel like we need transition music in between these things because coming up. Uh, I want to bring back yay or nay this week. You know, I think I found the perfect transition music. Hold on just a second. Changing (laughs) yay or nay this week. (laughs) Two things. You liked that, didn't you? Um, Two things this week in yay or nay, which we're bringing back. Uh, The first, a Wizard of Oz remake is happening. And Twitter users have thoughts. The new film will include iconic elements from the 1939 Judy Garland movie, but fans doubt the classic can be approved upon. Uh, according to The Hollywood Reporter, Nicole Castle has signed on to direct a new adaptation of L. Frank Baum's The Wonderful Wizard of Oz for New Line Cinema. Of course, the story has been adapted for the screen several times before, most notably as a 1939 classic. And while that musical is a part of a lot of people's DNA, uh, uh, they also are looking to do this, and it hasn't been exactly an untouchable property in 82 years since then. Uh, Bomb's characters have been reprised on screen in 1985's Return to Oz and 2013's Oz the Great and Powerful, as well as on Broadway and the musicals The Wiz and Wicked. And because New Line's parent Warner Brothers Pictures owns the rights to the 1939 film, the upcoming adaptation will apparently be the first to reference trademarked elements from that version, including the ruby slippers. And after news of the remake broke Tuesday, many on social media took it as a sobering reminder that, yes, nothing is ever truly sacred in Hollywood. And one such person said, I will speak for all of us by saying no, 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 no. (laughs) Um, And then another one said, oh, hell no, a thousand times no. And yes, so a lot of people not happy about that. And I will say to this one, uh, yay or nay for you? For the movie to be or to, the movie to be. <laughs> agree with those people, then I'm with the agreements of the hell no, 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 no. no. This would have helped if I had like... <laughs> Like no 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 <laughs> just add that yes. out. No, yes. No 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm kind of going with you. Come up with something new. I, I don't know why in the last few years we have run out of fresh ideas. I, I don't know if people are afraid of doing fresh ideas, or if we feel that some nostalgia is worth bringing back. But here's my thing. If you're bringing back nostalgia, there's a reason why people like nostalgia. 
because it reminded them of a time in which they lived in or it was perfect as it was because there's a lot of new things that tend to want to bring back this movie and we're going to bring it back with a new update. You're not bringing back because you're not – you're not remaking it and bringing back nostalgia to people if you're adding new elements or if you're going to, you know, put Dorothy in present-day Omaha, Kansas. Right. <laughs> With a bunch of it's not, you know, going to do anything for us. You know, if you attempted to maybe uh, do it 90-some percent of the original movie and maybe a little twist or two in here that people would have liked to have seen in the original come back to me. But other than that, no, you can leave it. Um, and then the next thing for yay or nay, the burgeoning lab grown meat industry has made its first foray into fine dining with an artificially forged ribeye steak, a cut that can run hundreds of dollars in some restaurants. This cruelty free counterpart, however, could go for as low as $50 when it hits dining areas as early as next year, according to the Daily Mail. Uh, the new dish created by Israeli food uh, laboratory Aleph Farms, it marks the world's first 3D bioprinted ribeye made with real cow tissue, despite the fact that no live animals were hurt or killed in the process. The breakthrough follows the company's initial leap into the lab-grown meat industry, and then in 2018, when they debuted their first ever slaughter-free steak, though 3D printing was not used at that time. And they said, we recognize some consumers will crave thicker and fattier cuts of meat. This accomplishment represents our commitment to meeting our consumers' unique preferences and taste buds, and we will continue to progressively diversify our offerings. Uh, the process of printing meat may begin with plant-based ingredients, or in the case of their steak, real bovine cells, that have been cloned and cultivated in a lab setting. The four primary cells that make up meat, muscle tissue, fat, blood, and support cells create the ink used to print the steak. Um, I'm going to start off by saying no. <laughs> really? Yeah, we got a, we got enough fake things out here. I don't know if I want something that's 3D printed. <laughs> from a bunch of cells. You know, let's just go back to basics here. There's a reason why for thousands of years we've eaten meat the way it's been eaten. And to, I mean, I know perhaps this may in some future setting solve world hunger if we're able to 3D print a lot of food and countries can have tons of 3D printers to print, you know, food for people that can help feed them. But I don't know right now if I'm going to be game for probably having a 3D steak. <laughs> I just can't. What about you? I'd try it. I'd totally try it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'd probably not like it because that's how it always starts out. Like veggie burgers before, you know, veggie burgers actually got good were gross. I tried it. Now they've got some really good veggie burgers out there, rivaling some of the ones that are like, you know, rivaling some actual burgers. And, yes, I am one of those weird people that will get a veggie burger and add bacon. <laughs> Putting that out there for everyone. 
yes, I would and have done it. I'll add, I'd do a veggie burger and add a fried egg. <laughs> you just upset vegans. Uh, you upset. <laughs> you Muslims, upset. I've upset a lot of people. Upset a Carnivores. Lot of <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. Come at me. At me. Blue eyes, mama. I'll spell it for you. No, I'll try it. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I was like, wow, that's one that you said no to. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yay. Nope. Yep. Nope. Sorry. Can't do it. <laughs> I'll try it for you. Uh, yeah, you try it for me. You come back and you let me know how that is. So, Will do. Um. We're close to the top of the hour, but this is one of those rare things where we have a story left. I'm going to ask you if you have time for this last story. Let's supersize it. We've done it once before. Let's do it again. Uh, It's been a short month. Let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty sure the folks out there love supersized shows. But anyway, (laughs) this was an interesting one that I found that actually – oh, and by the way – before I go into this one, uh, there's a funny story because whenever Mary and I talk, uh, it always seems that the conversations that we have wind up in other places. And this past week, we talked about dating uh, a person, like how guys would probably not date someone with a lot of kids. Like if a woman had like more than two kids, probably wouldn't. Uh, but a woman wouldn't really look at it that way. They would look at more or less how the guy treats those kids. And it actually came up today on a local talk show about a person, uh, guys dating women with a lot of kids. And actually really? the magic where the person put it was at four. She's like, if someone has, if a, if a woman has four kids, would that be deemed too much? And the guys are like, yeah. and she's like, what about two or less? And then they were kind of open to it. And I was like, we just had this conversation. And it popped up again, but that's not what the article is about, though it kind of in a little bit way is. And it was an article here that was pulled from The Guardian, and it was uh, something that went to their relationship expert. But I kind of want to touch on this because this actually brings about an interesting question. And uh, the topic was my new husband keeps quizzing me about past lovers. And the uh, writer, dear Mariella, said that you should never feel shame for your sexual history. And your husband has no business being overly inquisitive. But the person wrote uh, that they had recently married and they had a long, uh, uh, loving, supportive relationship. Lately, however, uh, the lady stated that her husband became overly inquisitive about her sexual history. And they had discussed it before, Uh, and he has admitted that he had 11 sexual partners, and she told them she had three prior to him. Two of them were very casual, and one was a brief relationship after a breakup with a man where there had been no physical contact. She said, I was not feeling desirable, and because of how I was feeling at the time of those encounters, I tried to push these moments out of my memory, and I've dealt with some shame about those experiences. And... She went on to talk about how uh, he insists how she had not been honest with him about her past. She tried to tell him that she uh, feels embarrassment about that period in her life 
And she feels like she's being forced into talking about this when she really doesn't want to. And I think I was thinking more about, you know, there's you know there's a TV show well on Friends because I usually will relate to Friends uh, when Monica was dating Richard, and of course Monica was a serial dater, had dated quite a few guys, and Richard, played by Tom Selleck, only seriously seen two people, his wife who he was since divorced from, and from Monica. And she was quite surprised. It kind of felt a little, eh, about the whole thing. But anyway, Mary Ellert replied, she says, where do I start? I don't want to be too bullish, but my immediate reaction is to tell him it's none of his business. Also, who's counting? I can assure you that there are plenty of people out there who in adulthood might have had to offer a rough estimate of lovers past rather than an exact head count. Uh, few who've embarked on their sex lives post-1960s could present a tally of past lovers that wouldn't far exceed your dear Victorian numbers. And she says, what were the two of you doing before tying a knot and, swe- and swearing fidelity? And she says, when she thinks of the men she might have married, I try not to do it near bedtime, as in some cases it's the stuff that inspires nightmares. The only good thing about keeping your numbers low is less chance of STDs, unless, of course, you're sensible and use a condom. And later on, less knowledge about what you might be missing. And with experience comes comparison. And while it isn't generally a problem in the first rush of romance, later on as the years pile up, it can definitely feel fantasies about lovers' past. And pretty much she said that she was more concerned that he's trying to use his insider knowledge as a form of control and intimidating you by delving into your insecure areas. That's something you do need to robustly rebuff and make clear that there are boundaries in terms of access to your past and your present. When we agree to share our lives with someone else, it's not uh, so that they can take ownership for our existence and be guaranteed an open door into our private thoughts or to sit in judgment on our past choices. Naturally, when you couple up, there's privileged access, but there are always going to be areas of our lives that remain out of bounds. It's a basic human right to your own experiences and whether or not to share them. You have no reason to be ashamed of your past or to put it on the table to be picked up over in the present. It's a very good time to make the ground rules clear. Clarity is never a bad thing when someone is trying to muddy the waters. And I was thinking about this because, you know, TV shows sometimes go into it, movies sometimes go into it, and people want to know about the past. But it rings the question. Once you are with someone, is it fair game to ask that question? Okay, um, fair game, yes, expecting an answer, no. You can ask. I mean, anybody can ask. The question becomes whether or not they answer it and then how you accept or not accept their answer. Um, and even better than that, if you ask, you better be ready for their answer because it's not mm-hmm. going to be what you think. Um, exactly. I, I, I am out there in the dating world and got asked that question, and I said, I've had my handful, my share. I didn't give my number. And, oh, what's the response? I said, well, you didn't think I was a virgin, did you? I have a child. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, my name's, I know my name's Mary. Immaculate Conception could be a thing, but not this one, sorry. Um, 
so it was kind of, it was an interesting, it does kind of put you on kind of that radar of um, getting to know somebody and that back and forth. Um, that also brings up, like, especially with um, if you still are in contact with anyone that you've had past relationships with, sexual or non-sexual, um, that comes up in, in conversation as well. And those are those are the things that as you, as I'm finding, I'm making decisions on um, what's important to me about those relationships. So, like, do... Do I prioritize the dating relationship over some of the friendships that I've cultivated over the many years that I've known these people? And I've had to make those decisions out on uh, between between people that I'm dating and people that I'm seeing and potential love interests and my current lifestyle as as it sees fit because there is going to be a change i mean dating does change people you have to change you have to adapt you have to mold but you don't necessarily have to give up all of that information on the first go and if that's going to be a problem that might be that red flag for you here's my other with that though um for men that want to know and i'm going to break this down by the sex for men that want to know, do you think it is for the reason of using that for, like she said, for some type of intimidation or advantage, like, oh, well, you slept for 12, I only slept for 5, and blah, 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 blah. Maybe. And for women who do that, is it for the rationale of, um, and I had it in my brain and it's now gone out, but... Um, for women, is the it for the whole thing of, um, well, I guess, why would women want to know how many women that a guy has slept with? I don't know that any men, any women do want to know that. Like, I, okay, I would rather know that someone was inexperienced than, ex, like, overly experienced. And I would also want to know that you're not currently with someone. Um, I am not one of those people that would like to be – I don't have a revolving door. We'll do it that way. Um, but that's me, and that's my choice. Now, if another woman wants to do that, that's fine. I find the question of who, how many past lovers have you had tends to come from the male side of the, the aisle more often, at least in my experience, because that's not a question I ask. That's not about, I ask about your past. Is there anything I need to know? You know, what have you learned? Is there something I, you know, what, what irks you? Those kind of things, because I'm not looking to go backwards. But I also don't want, like, you know, crazy ex number two to come knocking on my door and slashing my tires. I need to know that kind of stuff. A high number by guys be off-putting to women? Maybe. Depends on how old they are. Okay, say if they are a person in their... Okay, let's put it this way. If they are in their early 20s and say if they've had... Say if they're like 23 and they're saying they've had about five relationships, Mm -hmm. would that be something that you'd expect from a 23-year-old compared to, 
you know, maybe a guy in his uh, 40s who had said, hey, I've only really had like two or three, and then you kind of look at him like, really? All these years you only had two or three? You know, it's kind of like, is that number going to be that? Or You know, like I said, anyway, I don't think anybody who said 10 or more, especially at like 20-some years of age, you'd be highly concerned about. Um, if it was somebody around my age bracket that said, you know, I've had uh, a dozen, it, would that be considered too many? It depends. See, this is where it gets into the whole nitty-gritty. It's, it's so individualized because let's say someone in our age bracket of 29 um, – <laughs> have had a dozen, have they been married? Did they go to college? Did they live on campus? Because that makes a difference as well, if you're living on campus versus if you're commuting. Um, Have they been engaged? Did they go through a bad breakup? If they were married, did they get divorced because of something that the other partner did or was it something that they caught, you know, that they were doing? Um, There's a lot of those individual things that would make those 12 in 29 plus years seem minimal. Like if you've been single that entire time, okay, that's one every couple of years. Okay. I mean, that's not, you may have had a couple of years where there is a couple. That happens. So as a woman, what you're saying is we'd be more concerned about the, quality of those relationships than the quantity then. Because if even if it was yeah. 20, you would probably want to know about those 20 and how those relationships went or if they were just one-night stands or if they were short-term yeah, and why were they short-term. one-night stands is like, why? Yeah, why did you all of a sudden, what's going to make me any different? It's all, you know, hey, I've had 20 lovers in the past 20-some years and uh, more than half of them have been one-night stands. Okay, thanks. Yeah, maybe not. Because what's going to make me different? What, like in your eyes, kind of thing. What's going to make me stand out at that point? And I don't, I don't need that. I can, I can find somebody that that would. Versus, you know, uh, somebody that says I've had um, fifteen in the last fifteen years, and I just, I, they've all just been. We've gotten to the year mark, and then I, and I bolt. Again, that, those are things that we're gonna you're gonna base it on, not necessarily the number itself, but why and the that's what. That's an interesting thing you, know? you say that because now that's making me think. Because I was like, even then, say if it was a guy who said, "Hey, I've had ten, and he's in his forties, and he says, you know, each one lasted about uh, two years average, and mm-hmm. seven of them ended." quite well. We're still on great speaking terms. It just just didn't work out. And Mm -hmm. uh, two of them uh, was because uh, we fought too much, but we amicably split and one was just a total bad, you know, the other person was Mm -hmm. a little crazy. Bad juju, yeah. Pretty much you're looking into each one as to the Length, why, and the wherefores, whereas guys, I would probably say, and it's a safe bet to probably say, guys are just looking at a round number, but they're not looking into 
why you, you know, how long you were with that guy, nor do we care. We're just thinking, man, she was with 10 guys. That's about, because uh, I, I, it sounds bad, and this is not me. It is not indicative <laughs> of my thought. But there are guys out there who will say, man, she was with 10? Hmm. Uh, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Ten guys, and what type of? I mean, we might be thinking what type of guy, and we're probably thinking more from the is she for still friends with him, but we're not thinking into the inner portion of that, thinking of how the relationship went, why it broke off. You know, I think the only time we would probably be wondering that is, you know, and sadly, this is the thing, and I've heard this today is that when it is someone that's like a Halle Berry or a Kim Kardashian, people are always starting to look at them when they've gone through a lot of relationships. But somebody like a John Mayer, they'll look at him, and he's dated almost every Hollywood A-lister, and they'll be like, nah, it's John, John being John, you know. And now he's saying mm-hmm. he wants to settle down with a family. And <laughs> you look at Kim Kardashian, the first thing they say is, well, you know, she's had three marriages, you know, and it's pretty much like, wow, you know. And yeah, it's I don't, a glaring it, it seems unfair, difference in but, this. Yeah. But it also goes back to the way that things, like, it's just the way that we're wired. I, I really think it's just the way that we're wired. I think that men are wired completely differently than women. And you and I have said this a, a, a multitude of times on a multitude of different kind of topics. I look at things differently than you look at things. I mean, and that's across the board. It's not just men and women. It's it's age and it's personality and all of that. I mean, they have personality quizzes that can tell you how you look at things. But in general, and I'm being very general about this, in general, women are much more, we want to know, the, the, we wanna know all the, the, the workings of it. Whereas, and again, this comes back down to, this is a very generalized statement, but men are more concerned with how many, you know, like that's, that's it. It, It's not why, it's not what happened. It's not, we don't need an explanation. I just need the brass tacks. How many and like in how many years? Brass tacks. And that comes to a lot of different things. Men tend to, like, when I, let's fix it, move on. Whereas women are like, let's analyze this. Why is this happening? Do we want, you know, how do we fix this so it doesn't happen again? These, you know, and, and like feel their way around it. It really does come down to that. And I really think that people that try to argue that, no, 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 that's not how it is. Don't generalize. It's not men. It's not women. It really is, though. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's good to have a couple of different perspectives. Mm-hmm. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's that's one of those things that could probably take up a good hour show, <laughs> especially mm-hmm. discussing it with somebody. Um, but I, I was just intrigued by that article because it was uh, it's not the first time that that topic has come up. And then, of course, like I said, generally. Uh, I think back to that Friends episode where I came up and Monica was more or less like she felt inadequate because she's like, man, you really had two. I've had several. <laughs> and it was the opposite of what you expect. And Richard it didn't really have an issue with it. He down to the beginning was like, oh, you know, but he was okay oh, with it. But, you know, I think just 
like every woman is different with it. Every guy is different with it because there will be, like you said, a lot of women who will want to look into the why didn't it last. And even if there was one, it was like if somebody was like high school sweetheart, got married, divorced, first time out dating, you're going to be analyzing that one relationship. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem fair, but I guess it all depends, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. It should be, you should be focusing on your person, not their past. Um, those flaws, they, those, the, until the past comes to, you know, comes to mess with the present. That's the only time you should be focusing on the past, I think. But um, with me, there's, there's past there that does come back. So I try to put that out there right at the beginning and be like, I don't need you to waste your time. Here's the deal. Um, not a lot of women are like me where they just open the book and say, what do you want to know? Just ask the question and I'll answer you honestly. And if you want to believe me, believe me. If you don't want to believe me, don't believe me. I don't even care. Here's the deal. There should be more people like that. It would be much better, I think, out there in the world. But I'm just going to keep my own horn. Hmm. <laughs> Good. Um, you, you and all talk. dating inquiries can be uh, posted on the Twitter page at News Comment BTR. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. You can bet them. <laughs> and then when the wedding happens, since I'm ordained, there you go. We'll do it there on the Friday go. night. See, we got this all worked out. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> Live broadcast will be streamed. There you go. <laughs> Do you have any shout outs for this week? Um no, actually. I think this week uh what even happened this week? Oh my gosh. I don't know. This no, is like one of those weird weeks where it's just like blew by, but at the same time it seemed like a long week. It had a lot going on, but yeah, it was going by real fast. So no, I don't have any. But you know, stay safe out there. The warm up's coming, so make sure you've got um, all your ducks in a row and and watching out for puddles and all that in the Midwest. And be careful in the South. Mhm. Exactly. Uh, no shout-outs here this week, though. I'm going to, uh, before we close shop here, I'm going to give the producer's reins to you. Uh, and before I say thanks for listening, everybody, good night, but I'm going to leave the producer's reins to you since you uh, like it so much. So we end tonight's show with our normal closing music, which actually one of these days I will explain the rationale because I know some people were like, hey, you went from uh, – Beethoven to this other funky beat. That other funky beat I loved because it was growing up here in Chicago uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, that was used as the closing theme for WGN's news, uh, which actually um, kind of funky beat. But anyway, uh, regular beat tonight, or should we uh, end this out again with our uh, Mr. Clean theme song? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so 
are the hard ones, Zatly. Like, you couldn't have done this, like, an easy one with, like, the Oscar Mayer wiener and the... No, I'm just kidding. Um, let's, let's close out with the Funky Beat tonight. I like the Funky Beat. Funky Beat? I do like it. I enjoy it. Funky Beat's good. <laughs> we'll end out with the Funky Beat. Uh, for Mary, I love our next we meet. We will be in March. Uh, but until then, enjoy the end of your February, and we thank you as always for listening. You can catch Mary on Twitter at Blue Eyes Mama, and of course you can catch me over at News Comment BTR. But like I said, thanks so much for listening tonight, everybody. Kind of glad we had this extended show. Um, yeah, I love these shows when we have these uh, great topics, but. Uh, if there's any topic that you'd love to see us discuss, let us know, and perhaps it may be on here. But until next week, meet, the old clock on the wall is saying it's time to go. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple.